Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 12th. Violet is the color of high thoughts, high principles, noble aspirations. This color will help you to rise out of the lower emotions into the realization that you, in your true self, are pure spirit. Violet, in its negative aspects, can erect a psychic wall between yourself and the earthly realities around you making your ideals unrealistic and impractical. I'm not familiar with what the term actually means, but I know that it moves around many psychic and new, new thought circles, the violet ray, which is a particular ray of grace that comes from a very high plane. There's a general recognition that you know the color of violet, which is a little lighter and has more white in it, it's, it's just in itself, it's... It's a transcendentally beautiful color. And it's interesting that Swami says it can lift your emotions and it can help us to realize that we are, we are not the waves that pass through us. I think it's important to understand exactly what Swami means by the word emotions because it's, a, a non, it's not a very specific word in English. And so people tend to have, a, have the idea that if he's, if he's not... Um, encouraging our emotions, he's, he's dry or unfeeling or is uh, withdrawn from life, and that's not at all true. In English, we have to give specific meanings to this, these, but the, the idea of feeling, the idea of experiencing life, not merely with your thoughts in your mind, but the way we experience it from our heart, the, the intuitive understanding of things, and this intuitive, spontaneous sense of unity with the world around us that, um, that inspires us to love and that inspires us to, to sacrifice and, and to give. And uh, we can have lots of thoughts, but unless there's a feeling component behind it, we're very unlikely to act on anything that we're thinking about. Um, Swamiji often uses as an example, <clears throat> you could live right across the street from the best restaurant in your city. But if you're not hungry, you won't have any motivation to go across the street. But as soon as you have the feeling of hunger, then the thought that that is a place uh, where the food is good will suddenly become actively relevant to you. And so it is in all of our life, people who are over-intellectual and just think about things just are are, are rarely uh, people who also actually accomplish. And so the feeling quality in life is profoundly important. So the, the distinguishing factor that Swami is trying to make here is that what, what happens when we get involved in emotions, the feeling quality comes from the center of who we are. And it's not only the ultimate uh, defining feeling, feeling in the center of who we are is one of bliss, but that bliss also 
manifests his great compassion and great love. So even in that state of bliss, we can also feel um, what other people are feeling, the struggles that they have, and we can be highly motivated by the, the love we feel from the joy that we have to, to move, to help them, to give to them, to weep even for their own sufferings. <clears throat> and we can be very strongly centered in our spiritual self and still have passed through us you know, when, when, when trials come to us or tragedies come to other people or disappointments come through us, it's not that we're not, we're not experiencing those or that we're afraid of them, but we allow them to pass through us without ourselves ever losing touch with the core reality of who I am. And what emotions are about is when we move off our center and allow some passing feeling and that would be a way to describe it, some temporary emotion to become the definition of our reality. See, when you, even if you feel deep grief or deep sadness or deep disappointment, if you, if you see it in the context that I am a manifestation of the Divine Spirit, that my true self is one with the Spirit, but passing through me now is this profound feeling of the nature of human life, we still enter into it deeply. In fact, we can experience it even more deeply because we have a, a, a vessel of consciousness in which to hold it. Uh, think of it like this. If you think of a, a tree, I live in a place where there's a number of really beautiful big trees that have been here much longer than I've been on the planet. And there's a, you know, a huge solid trunk and many branches and they extend out for many, many feet on all sides. I mean, you can be quite some distance from the trunk and look up and realize that you're still looking at branches of the same tree. All the way out to the very tip of the farthest branch from the trunk of that tree, the life force from that trunk, drawing from the roots and, and, and running through that trunk, has extended all the way out, this animating even the tiniest leaf out there. But the connection between the deepest root and that leaf is never broken. The, the tree stands in its life force and gives its life force to the leaf. Now, that is feeling. Emotion is when the definition, the self-definition, runs out to the end of the branch and clings to the leaf and, and believes that, that this tip of the branch and this leaf is who I am. And of course that's tremendously vulnerable because that branch could blow off in the wind, that leaf could be you know, snatched away by a, a caterpillar. Many things could happen and, and we fall, from that point we fall down to the bottom of the earth. If, I mean, you know, crash down to the ground is what I mean if that little branch snaps off. If we're standing at the trunk of the tree and the branch snaps off, we may actually weep because that might have been the most beautiful branch on the tree. And we might be very heartbroken to see that little branch and that leaf gone away. But we don't fall, crash to the earth because we're already still rooted in the earth. So this is what the violet ray, the highest um, color before we go to white, this is what the violet ray is about. It's this very sensitive, very expanded, exceedingly pure vibration 
He says it's the color of high thoughts, high principles, and noble aspirations. I so love that word, noble aspirations. Isn't that a word, really, just to think about for a moment? High thoughts, high principles, and noble aspirations. We're living on a planet right now where high thoughts, high principles, and noble aspirations are in short supply. They're by no means unknown, but the the dominant culture, the, the controlling force, the primary controlling force on our planets are not violet. They're, they're, they're muddy, they're muddy colors. They're not noble aspirations, they're selfish aspirations. And <clears throat> Swami says, this color will help you rise out of the lower emotions, as I was saying, into the realization of who, what your true self is, to, to move back from the tip of the branch, to stand at the tree and then extend your arm out to help. So what we really need to do if we're, if we're really trying to live by high principles and to noble aspirations, we have to make a conscious decision to remove ourselves from the, the, the mainstream, from the dominant stream of what's happening in our society today. We can't mingle freely with all these different vibrations and imagine, well, Ramakrishna put it really well, he said, if you peel onions, your hands will smell like onions. And that's just about the simple truth, isn't it? All of us who've ever used onions to cook or garlic to cook or, or used Clorox bleach to take a stain out of a piece of clothes, there are certain things that once you put your hands on it, for a long time afterwards, it just it keeps bothering you unless you clean your hands with stainless steel or something to get the smell off. It's possible. But if we move through the world, even if we're trying to hold as the primary influence on our lives, you know, the the color of violet, if we're trying to live in a world in which violet is our vibration, we can't mix too freely. We can't just think, oh, I'll just peel a lot of onions and it won't affect me because I'm thinking about the violet. But the other part of violet, which Swami mentions here, which is, well, when Swamiji was uh, living with, with Master, with Paramahansa Yogananda as a young disciple, Swamiji was so idealistic, and the specific incidents was, Swamiji was in charge of the monastic order, and it was up to Swami when, when a, a young man would come and want to live in the monastery. It, was, it, it became Swami's responsibility to decide whether or not they were suitable for the life and would be accepted, or what kind of obstacles would be put in front of him to test the man's sincerity. Swami was so in love with the life that they had there in the ashram. He was so compassionate in his feeling about how everyone in the world could benefit from these teachings that he simply had an inclination to accept anyone who came. And finally, Master said to him, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's not suitable. Many people are not suited for this life. And he, he made a particular mistake. And Master laughingly said, I'm going to have to give you intuition. I'm going to have to give you the capacity to see more deeply into people. But it was that, at that point, he said to Swami, you also have to be practical in your idealism. And that is actually one of the, men of the many, but one of the very, very important Um, principles that Swamiji always lived by. You can have this high ideal of what's possible, 
but you also have to be practical in the way that you apply it. Because there's a great deal of difference between real, transformative, determined, determined magnetism and mere wishful thinking. And what Swami's warning us about is in if you get too lost in this very, very refined atmosphere, you just, you just begin to pretend that the whole world is like that. And that's not necessarily... It makes it harder for you to be helpful to other people because you come, become disconnected from their realities. But it also becomes a weakness in oneself because it's not enough just to sort of float on happy ideals. We have to have noble aspirations and we have to have the willpower to make them happen. So violet is a color that you have to work with appropriately. And you have to bring it in your life. <clears throat> but it also has to be, well, we can go all the way back to red when we were talking about that color. It has to also has to be solidly grounded in real energy. So that we, we don't just become, so that we become really trans world transforming, at least transforming our own consciousness. We don't have to participate in changing the world unless we're drawn to it, but transforming our own inner universe, which is not just a matter of wishful thinking. So very interesting how all of these colors have their story, isn't it? So violet is the color of high thoughts, high principles, noble aspirations. This color will help you rise out of the lower emotions into the realization that you, in your true self, are pure spirit. Violet, in its negative aspects, can erect a psychic wall between yourself and the earthly realities around you, making your ideals unrealistic and impractical. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.